Monday, June 1st, 1992. I am your host, William Cooper. Sweet, Mr. and Mrs. America, this is your wake-up call. Bye. 
Bad Brother Bad. Big Bad Brother Bad. Wake up. Wake up. This is your wake-up call because Big Bad Brother is already here. He's not coming. He's already here. It's an absolute shame that during just my lifetime, my lifetime, I have watched Americans go from pretty smart to ignorant to absolutely stupid. Sorry, folks, but I call it just exactly as I see them, and that's the way I see them. What do you think happened in Los Angeles? This is the June 1st, 1992 broadcast. But i got to tell you, it was taped just a couple of days after the Los Angeles riots. I went to Los Angeles. I spoke at the Los Angeles Airport Hyatt Hotel in the International Ballroom. Ball-to-wall people. Just the other night, you heard the tape of that speech. I talked to a lot of people there. I talked to a lot of people by phone at my home. But when I was in Los Angeles, I met them face-to-face. And I heard a lot of stories. I saw a lot of photographs. I saw some videotape. And what I heard and what I saw is absolutely incredible and confirms once again, I hate to say this, but confirms once again everything that I've been trying to tell you for many years. I heard stories of men in black uniforms no patches, no identification, just black uniforms. Took over many public utilities, transportation. I mean, took them over. And who do you think those people were, folks? Those were personnel, emergency police, from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. We confirmed from the city government that FEMA had actually taken over and was in complete control of eight key elements of the city of Los Angeles. Can't happen in America, you say? I say you've been living in fantasy land for way too long. Let's go through this step by step. A motorist been drinking, driving down the highway, police car pulls up behind him, turns on his lights. Does the motorist stop? No. Takes off like a crazy man, and they've got this uh, high-speed chase for a little while, and they finally stop the car. The passengers get out when ordered and put their hands over their head when ordered. The driver gets out, intoxicated refuses to put his hands over his head and assume the position. And when told that he's under arrest to assume the position, he refuses. And then the fun starts, folks. The police have been trained when arresting someone to give them an opportunity to submit to arrest. If they do not, they are to use whatever reasonable force is required to subdue that person. Now, the police, I don't know whether they thought they were right or whether they knew they were wrong, 
I don't know what was going through their head, but I've seen enough encounters with police to know that they have the mentality that uh, most of them, not all, but most, have a mentality that in my opinion they should never be given guns or clubs and probably should be seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist on a regular basis. What in the world would ever make anyone ever want to become a police officer in the first place? I've known a lot of police officers in my life. Some of them were very good friends. When I was the head of the mixed gas deep saturation diving department of the College of Oceaneering, I helped train the bomb squad of the Los Angeles Police Department. When I was in the United States Navy, I served on shore patrol on many occasions and had many occasions to arrest military personnel, some of whom were extremely intoxicated and uh, put up a real good fight. But you know something? Not once did I ever have to use a club on a man or pull out my weapon to subdue a man, to arrest that man. And at no time ever did it take more than two of us to do whatever we had to do without hurting anyone. Without hurting anyone. Now, it's true that the media exploited this. And the media, we know, is in the control of those people who want to destroy this nation, our Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. How do we know that? because many of us have been doing in-depth research on who owns and controls the media for many years. There's no question. The media didn't show us the whole tape, and there was quite a bit of tape. They didn't show it all to us, because they didn't want us to see Rodney King belligerent, refusing to submit to arrest, lashing out at officers. The only thing that they wanted to do was inflame the nation, and they did that. Rodney King was beat repeatedly while he was on the ground. Helpless. He didn't have a weapon. And there was no excuse for the action of those police officers. And at the same time, there was no excuse for the action of the media. They showed us just a short segment of that film the most inflammatory segment was not balanced. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not excusing those police officers. I condemn them. They were wrong. But the reaction to that beating would not have been so extreme had everyone had a chance to see the entire videotape. I guarantee you, because I've seen it. And my reaction initially was the same as everyone else. Over a period of time, these police officers were charged because of the uproar of the public, and rightly so. They should have been charged. But the wrong charge was brought against them. They were charged with assault, with intent to commit bodily harm. The correct charge should have been battery. Battery, folks. 
battery. There's a big difference. Assault is the threat to harm. Real threat. You pull a weapon and point it at someone's head, that's assault. You threaten to kill someone, that's assault. You raise your arm to strike someone, that is assault. When you actually commit the act, take the swing, and hit the person, that is battery. Those officers were not charged with battery. They were charged with assault, with intent to commit bodily harm. Well, these officers were doing what they've been trained to do. They had, at least in the eyes of the law, no intent to commit bodily harm. However, if you watch that videotape, it is obvious that they had every intent to commit bodily harm, but still was the wrong charge, folks. Then a Masonic judge, a Freemason, changed the venue from Los Angeles. And there are many courts in Los Angeles. You know, and the whole nation saw this videotape. So changing it from Los Angeles to Ventura County, in my estimation, in the estimation of many, many prominent and respected and credible people, was unjustified. Because the entire nation watched the videotape, not just the city of Los Angeles. But it just so happens that Ventura County is 98% white and Hispanic and about 2% black. Actually, less than 2% if you look at the actual figures. The most recent ones available. It also just happens to be the county where over 2,000 police officers and their families live. That's right. Over 2,000 police officers and their families. And this judge knew that when he changed the venue to Simi Valley in Ventura County. And by the way, folks, only two of those jurors actually came from Simi Valley, so don't be so quick to condemn that little town. During the trial, everything was televised all the time. The defense made their points and their case very well. They were very convincing in that the officers were trained to subdue with whatever reasonable force is necessary anyone who refuses to submit to arrest. And their argument was that they were doing what they were taught to do, what they were trained to do, and they had no malice and had no intent to inflict bodily harm, only the intent to make Rodney King assume the position and submit to arrest. Well, what is this assume the position phrase that I keep using? Well, it's a phrase that street people use. It's a phrase that police officers use. It's a phrase that's used in the courtroom. What it means most of the time is spread your legs, spread your arms, and lean face forward against the wall, any wall, or a car. Sometimes when there's no wall or car available, or if they're having you exit from an automobile, they will tell you to stand up, stand still, spread your legs, put your hands behind your head. 
For those of you who have never watched this in action, that is what is meant by assume the position. It is incredible that all through the trial, everyone felt that the verdict was going to be guilty. Police officers testified that they used unreasonable force. Unreasonable and unnecessary. One of the fellow officers, who has since been ostracized by his fellow policemen, also testified against these officers. However, the defense made their case, and they made it very well. They made the case that the officers did not commit assault, and they didn't. They committed battery. And that in the performance of their duties, all they wanted to do was make Rodney King submit to arrest and the moment that he did, they stopped beating him. And that was a powerful, powerful image. You see, because if they had intent to commit bodily harm in the eyes of the law, they would have continued to beat him even after he submitted. But the fact is, even in my own experience, in the experience of many of the police officers that I know, they had Rodney King outnumbered and overwhelmed, and there was no need whatsoever to even hit him with a club. Not even once. In case you don't know what a club is, they call it a baton, a nightstick. You see, if just all those police officers would have jumped on him, they could have put the cuffs on There's not a thing that Rodney King could have done. Those police officers... The very best that I can say about them is that they exercised very poor judgment. The worst that I can say about them is that they were racist, mean, and deserve to be convicted of something, and I think the federal government's going to take care of that. Now, I know there's a lot of Americans out there crunching Budweiser cans, telling their buddies that uh, they should have killed Rodney King while they had the chance. I know people like that. I've known them all my life. They're one of the reasons why this country is in bad shape. And so we change the minds, the attitudes of those kinds of people. We're always going to have big problems in this country and in other countries and all over the world. There just isn't any room on this earth anymore, folks, for bigotry and racism. It won't work. It won't work. And I got news for you. I think there are powerful forces at play that are going to be very, very harsh on those who think that it will work.
When the trial was finished, the whole world was watching. Was watching that little courtroom in Simi Valley in Ventura County, California. I was, my neighbors were. People were calling me on the phone, asking me what I thought the verdict was going to be. I told my wife that because of the change of venue and because both judge or judges were Freemasons, that I had a sneaky suspicion that the instructions to the jury would ensure a not guilty verdict, otherwise known as acquittal. And I told my wife and several people on the phone who called that if this happened, there would be a cry of outrage that would be heard around the world. And that the blacks in Los Angeles would be out on the streets. I told my wife there would probably be riots. I had no idea, folks, had no idea that it would go to the extremes that it did, that people would be killed, beaten, that buildings would be burned, and businesses destroyed, and the degree of looting was way beyond anything that I had expected. However, in retrospect, knowing what we know now, we all should have expected it, all of us, because it was a test. It was a dry run. It was engineered from beginning to finish. See, the instructions the judge, the Masonic judge, the Freemason judge, gave to the jury was such that they had no choice but to come back with the verdict that they came back with. And many jurors have tried to explain why they came in with that verdict of acquittal. And they're all explaining it wrong because they don't even understand why they did it. You see, they looked at all the evidence, and then they listened to the instructions of the judge, and the instructions of the judge is what put the evidence in perspective for them in a way that they had to come in with a verdict of acquittal. Instructions of the judge was very simple. Within the scope of the law, did they commit assault with intent to commit bodily injury? The answer was no, at least in the eyes of the law, at least in the eyes of that courtroom. Another one of the instructions was, if you find that these officers were performing within the parameters of their training, you cannot find them guilty. And according to their training, they were definitely performing within the parameters of their training, especially in the city of Los Angeles, where that kind of brutality is common. Where Chief Gates himself, before he arose to the position of chief, had been accused on several occasions of using unnecessary force on blacks in Los Angeles. Having lived in Los Angeles and the surrounding area, I have watched it happen so many times that trying to look back and count the incidents that I had seen, I was not able to come up with a number because it's just too many. I remember when I lived in Long Beach, there was 
a raid on a house across the street from my apartment building. And they drug these people out. All were black. They handcuffed them and had them all laying on the ground. And every once in a while, an officer would walk over and stomp on one. And, of course, the blacks were extremely angry, were yelling obscenities and epithets at the officers. And I watched as officers drew their clubs and just beat one woman senseless. And she kept screaming. She had spirit and she had guts and she wasn't going to shut up. But she was subdued. She was handcuffed. She was lying on the ground. was no threat to anyone. And she was beat. When the men began to scream, stop beating her, then they beat the men. While they waited to haul them away. Now, I actually witnessed this from the window of my apartment building directly across the street. And this is just one of the things that I've seen over the years that I lived in the Los Angeles area. We are moving into a police state, folks. And if you don't believe that, just watch your television on Friday and Saturday night. Programs like Cops, Top Cops, 911 Cops, SWAT Cops, Women Cops, Detective Cops, Grandma Cops, every kind of cop you can think of. And when did this start? And why so many programs about cops? And why is America so enthralled with watching police bust down doors, subvert the Constitution? I mean, literally, right in front of your eyes. They break down doors without search warrants. The Constitution requires it, by the way. Most of you don't know that because most of you don't have a copy of the Constitution and never read it. that makes you angry, so be it. It happens to be the truth. And you know it. They search the house. They confiscate property. Of course, no one has ever received just compensation as required by the Constitution for the confiscation of their property. The right to habeas corpus has gone by the wayside. Now, this is incredible. We are losing our freedom of speech and many, many other things. Oh, the Fifth Amendment, folks. Haven't you read your papers? Coerced, forced confessions are now legal. If you're arrested and the police beat you until you confess whether you did it or not, it's admissible in a court of law. Can't happen in America, you say? I say you better wake up. It has happened in America. It continues to happen. We're in deep trouble. The Constitution is in deep trouble. The Bill of Rights are almost all gone. We're being propelled, manipulated into a new world order, a one-world totalitarian socialist state that has no Bill of Rights and will have no Bill of Rights. And Americans don't even understand what's happening. Everybody feels in their gut that something's wrong, but nobody knows what's happening. 
Well, if you want to know what's happening, go read the Constitution of the United States of America and the Articles and Amendment thereof, and especially the first ten amendments, and then look around and wake up. Wake up. This is your wake-up call. Los Angeles was a test run of implementing the police state. Los Angeles was a test run on the complete suspension of the Constitution and the implementation of the police state. FEMA took over. Now let me tell you something. California, the state of California, has enough National Guard troops that they could have quelled those riots. They could have taken care of everything themselves with no problem. They did not ask for federal troops, but they sure didn't refuse when the federal troops were sent into the city. Now, without the declaration of a national emergency, that's against the law. But Bush sent federal troops into the city of Los Angeles, and he sent FEMA to take over, and they did. FEMA's job, folks, is not to help in catastrophes, and we learned that in Hurricane Hugo. Remember when it hit the southeast coast? Hmm? Remember? And the people screamed for federal assistance, and there wasn't any federal assistance to give them. I mean, nobody was trained to do that. But they sent FEMA down there, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Sounds like an agency that's supposed to help in, this, in a situation like that, but it's not. How do I know? Because I read the executive orders that established FEMA, and in those executive orders it outlines exactly what FEMA is for. FEMA was created to take over all local, federal, and state governments, that is, city, state, and federal, on all levels, all transportation, all harbors and seaports, all electricity and public utilities. And if I really read you the whole thing, you would feel chills going up and down your spine. FEMA was created to take over this country when the Constitution is suspended and America is overtly propelled into the New World Order by the traitors in Washington. I suggest you begin researching this yourself. You can start with my book, Behold a Pale Horse. And if you don't want to get my book, there's plenty of other books. All talk about the same thing, but you got to go looking for them because B. Dalton and Walden Books don't carry them. They're afraid to. You can get my book by calling Stan Barrington at 602-567-6109. That's 602-567-6109. Or you can just write to Stan and ask him to send you a list of available material. You can do that on the phone, too. But if you'd like to get the book real quick, quick as possible, send Stan $24. That includes postage and handling. 
$24. His address is Post Office Box 889, P.O. Box 889, Camp Verde, Arizona, spelled V-E-R-D-E, Camp Verde, Arizona, 86322. That's P.O. Box 889, Camp Verde, Arizona, 86322. You watched as the riots in Los Angeles accelerated. And you wondered where the police were. Well, just a few days before, the mayor of Los Angeles, Mayor Bradley, had made a speech saying that they were ready in case the verdict was not guilty because they expected trouble and that they had a plan to deal with it. Chief Gates also gave a speech in which he said that uh, they had a plan all written out. Everybody had been trained that they'd been working on this ever since the Watts riots, that they were expecting trouble if the verdict was not guilty, and that he had even set aside monies to pay the extra officers that he would have to call back to duty in order to quell any problems that arose. Yet the officers that were in the streets stood and watched as buildings were torched, as looters and rioters ran through the streets and one on videotape one officer broke down and began to cry it's on videotape and the reporter asked him what was the matter why was he behaving in this manner he said he was frustrated there was nothing he could do because they had been ordered not to interfere No additional officers were called to duty. No National Guard were brought into the city. The leaders of the city, Mayor Tom Bradley, Congress women and Congress men, city council members made inflammatory statements, which were, in fact, inciting to riot. Members of Congress, civil rights leaders all over the country made inflammatory statements which were inciting people to riot. The congresswoman from South Central Los Angeles was asked by a reporter on television, I was watching this myself and taped it, and I have it on videotape, along with the other things that I said was on tape, was asked if she would make a public plea for the rioters to stop rioting and stop looting. She said, no, I will not do that. I will advise my people not to put themselves in a position where they will get hurt. But she would not make a plea for them to stop rioting and stop looting. How do you like that? And she wasn't the only one. Nobody tried to do anything until so much damage was done and so many people were hurt that it gave George Bush 
the justification he needed that without a national declaration of emergency, without being asked by the state of California, he could send troops in, federal troops, to the streets of Los Angeles. He could implement FEMA in Los Angeles to test, to test whether Americans are ripe for capitulation and the results of the test is yes they are nobody complained nobody asked the right questions nobody did the right thing and you had federal troops standing on the street corners of an American city and the federal emergency management agency took over all important functions of the city the test went off like clockwork and I don't care where you are in America eventually your city is next Americans are so complacent and have been living in fantasy land so long that they are easily manipulated into any position that is desired by those who want to take this country away from us. And it's happening. You're losing your rights, you're losing your constitution, you're losing your country. And there will come a day when you'll look at each other and say, what happened? How did this happen? How did I get to be a slave in the New World Order? I gotta tell you something, folks. You've all got brains, but you're not using them. If you use those brains, you wouldn't need anybody like me or anyone else to tell you what's happening. Most of it is just common sense. It also requires work. You gotta go dig for information. You gotta find out what's going on. Oh, that word work that sort of does it to you doesn't it this is your wake up call this is the hour this is the hour of the time your time our time this is the only time there ever was or ever will be. This is the hour during which you will decide your and our collective futures. Because you're either going to wake up and get responsible. It's another word people do not like. And Stick your neck out and take a risk and help us save the Constitution and the Bill of Rights in this country? Are you going to close your eyes like you always have? And you're going to let it all go down. Right down the drain. This nation is the sum total of the completion of all the efforts of every human being that have ever lived on the face of this earth. 
before this nation was created, no man in history on this earth had ever been free. Ever. Now I've had people point to England and point to the Roman Empire and tell me that those people were free. No, they weren't. They could be bonked on the head in the middle of the night and pressed into service on His Majesty's ships. They could be rounded up and beheaded in secret. And I could go on and on and on. They weren't free. We're never free. If you're born in the wrong class, you never had any opportunity either. No, this nation did it. This nation was the great experiment brought about by our forefathers to see if man could really rule himself or not. To see if it was true what man had been saying all those years, thousands and thousands of years, that he didn't need kings and he didn't need masters and he didn't need to be a slave because he was capable of using his own brain and ruling himself. Well, we know that's a joke, don't we? Because our forefathers gave us the opportunity, gave us the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, every tool that we ever needed to stay free and rule ourselves. And we blew it. Through our apathy, our ignorance, our stupidity, our complacency, our unwillingness to speak up because you might lose some stupid job that you go down the street and get another one in a minute. Or you might lose your television set in every room. No, rather than do those things, you let your country be destroyed from within. From within, just like has always been predicted. And our forefathers said, as long as we had the right to keep and bear arms, nobody could ever destroy this nation but this nation itself. And that's what's happening. That is what's happening. You wonder why the schools are going to hell in a handwagon? Well, there's a textbook that was just put out this year that said Truman solved the Korean problem with the use of atomic weapons. When's the last time any of you went down to your school and read the textbooks that your children are taught from? Any of you realize your children are being taught to use debit cards instead of cash? How many of you realize that in these schools there are big posters with the world and underneath it it says our home? How many of you understand that the children are not being taught the real history of this nation or the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. They're being taught world government. It's true. All you got to do is go down and look. One woman was so angry at me at one of my lectures that she got up and screamed and stormed out because I dared to tell her that her children in school were not learning the proper history, nor were, being, were they being taught the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. She later called me at my home and apologized. 
because she went to her school to get the materials to prove me wrong, then discredit me, and found out that I was absolutely right. And she was so infuriated that the school had to call the police to get her removed from the office. She was demanding explanations. Of course, she didn't get any. Nobody will get any. What you have to do is clean house. Clean house. That's the only way things will get changed. But if enough of people don't wake up real soon, there's not going to be any changes except for the worse. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the timetable for the completion of the elimination of all sovereign nation states and the bringing to fruition the one world socialist totalitarian state is the year 2000. That's right, folks, the year 2000. Now, you can also write to me. I want to hear your comments. I want to know if you're listening. I want to know what you think about this show. And I need to know how many people are listening. If I'm talking to two people out there, then this just isn't worth it. But if there are a lot of you listening, I need to know it. I need to know if I'm going to stay on the air. And I hope there are a lot of people listening. Send me a postcard. William Cooper. Post Office Box 3299. Camp Verde, Arizona. 86322. Send me a postcard. That's all. Just tell me how many people in your family listen. Or neighbors if they come over. What you think of this radio show? And if you want to put something bad down there, that's okay. I've been called every name in the book. Doesn't bother me a bit. If you want to put something good down there, that's okay too. Love to hear that. And send it to me, William Cooper, Post Office Box 3299, Camp Verde, Arizona, 86322. It's P.O. Box. 3299, Camp Verde, Arizona, 86322. Now, don't order books from me because I don't handle books and materials. You can also uh, order tapes of this broadcast if you are not taping it yourself. And you're welcome. We recommend that you tape it yourself and make copies and send it to whoever you want. That's what we're all about. But if you want to order tapes, call Stan at 602 Five six seven six one zero nine six zero two five six seven six one zero nine, or you can write to Stan and ask him for a list of available materials at PO Box eight eight nine, Camp Verde, Arizona eight six three two two. That's PO Box eight eight nine, Camp Verde, Arizona eight six three two two. Now, please do that, folks. Send me that postcard. Tell me how many people at your house are listening, whether they're neighbors, family members, I don't care. I need to know. You don't need to put a return address. I'm not interested in your name. You don't have to send your name or your address. Just let me know how many people are listening and what you think of the show. Now, we have a fax machine. If you want to send us a fax, if you have information you think we could use on this radio show, we're interested in hearing from you. The fax number is area code 
7165. Once again, this is the fax number only. Area code 602-536-7165. When you call that number to send a fax, listen to the answering machine. It will give you the instructions of what keys to punch so that we'll get the fax that you send. And if you want us to acknowledge any material that you send us, give us your name and we'll do that. If not, if you don't want to send your name, that's fine. We don't need any names or addresses. We're not fishing for anybody. There's other people out there doing that. Lots of them. We're just trying to save this country. And we hope to get you on the team, on the battlefield, with us. Also, if you'd like to write me a letter or send me anything in the mail, you can send it to the same address as the postcards, P.O. Box 3299, Camp Verde, Arizona, 86322. Send it to me, William Cooper. I'm interested in whatever you have to say or whatever you have to send. And I'll tell you, folks, if you've got information out there that we don't have or you think we need to inform the American people out, you send it to us. And we'll look it over. Little Pooh is uh, standing here with the uh, big giant earphones on as I take this broadcast. And she is really the reason that I keep going and trying so hard. And she's looking up at me now with that big smile on her face. She'll be two years old May the 30th. Time flies. And it seems to me like it was just yesterday that we brought her home from the hospital and I stayed up all night for a week holding her because she was having problems and needed that. The future of this world belongs to the children. Won't you help me make it a good one for them? Good night and God bless you all. Thank <laughs> you.